I'm the Failing Youth Pastor, and welcome to Monday Motivation. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. So if you have a Bible with you, if you'd please open to John chapter 19, we will read it together. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge of a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that this morning you give us eyes to see, ears to hear what you have for us this morning. God, I pray that you soften our hearts so that your word may take root in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, <clears throat> last words are, are pretty important. Um, and usually, usually last words kind of show us a little bit of who people are, right? If, if you're, if you're going to, if you know that your time here on earth is, is about to wrap up, right, you, you're probably going to want to say something that leaves a, a lasting impression. You're probably going to want to say something that's meaningful, that's impactful. And we actually have some, some quotes, um, some alleged quotes from some alleged famous people um, <laughs> in, in, in history past. And I, I thought these were, were, they were pretty good. So Humphrey Bogart. Who knows who Humphrey Bogart, Bogart is? I knew the students wouldn't raise their hand. That's funny. That's good how that, how that works. Humphrey Bogart said, allegedly, I should have never switched from scotch to martinis. Winston Churchill, before slipping into a coma, said, oh, I'm so bored with it all. I understand you, Winston. I understand you. Composer Jean-Philippe, however you say that last name, <clears throat> He was objecting to a song being sung at his bedside, and, and this is what he said. What the devil do you mean to sing to me, priest? You are out of tune. <laughs> Makes sense. And Bob Hope, when asked by his wife where he wanted to be buried, he said, surprise me. <laughs> I hope I say something like that to Becky one day. And I hope, I hope she laughs a little bit. Um, okay, so maybe some of those are more impactful and more meaningful than, than others, right? But all of them show us a little bit about who these people were. Bob Hope, being hilarious, right, would have said something, being a comedian, would have said something like, surprise me, when asked where he, he should be buried. Um, and of course, the composer is going to yell at the priest for being out of tune singing at his at his bedside. And this is no different with Jesus. Jesus's last words on the cross actually tell us exactly what he was all about, exactly who he 
was. So in John chapter 19 and verse 30, where it says, it is finished, that's actually one Greek word, tetelestai. And that Greek word means exactly what you think it would mean. It means to complete, to execute, conclude, or to discharge a debt. Um, in the ancient world, this, this word was used a lot, to tetelestai. It was used all the time. It was on receipts. And we've actually been able to, to, to dig up ground, dig up earth from that time period. And you see a lot of these uh, papyri manuscripts. And at the bottom, it says, tetelestai. It essentially, it's a receipt, right? Like you'd get at JCPenney, like you'd get, well, the reason I said JCPenney is because I got this outfit at JCPenney. Pretty cheap, yeah? Okay, sorry. They didn't pay me, I promise, that much. And, um, but it, 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 was, it was common in that time. It just meant that you had a transaction, you gave me money, I gave you, um, you know, some sort of good, and the transaction has been completed. Or it is also at the bottom of debt. It's at the bottom of um, loans, where if, if I loan you some money, you pay me back, uh, in full, to telestai. We write it on the bottom. It's completion. It means to cancel out a debt. And so that word, that word that Jesus says, hanging on the cross, about to give up his life, tells us a lot about who he is and actually could be, could be the most important three English words and one Greek word that's spoken because it is that meaningful. And it signifies something about Jesus, that he came to complete a mission. Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, underwent an unwatchable death. After being flogged, having crowns of, a crown of thorns uh, forced upon his brow, being mocked, Jesus was executed in one of the most humiliating ways that humans have ever come up with. Stripped naked, nailed to a cross by his hands and his feet and having to force himself up on those nails to take a breath before losing strength and hanging upon those nails. Cicero, who was a Roman politician and a lawyer, had a few things to say about crucifixion. He said, it is a most cruel and disgusting punishment. He also said this, the very mention of the cross should be far removed not only from a Roman citizen's body, but from his mind, his eyes, his ears. All that pain, all that suffering, all that humiliation was voluntarily chosen by Jesus from the foundations of the world. Because Jesus had a mission. Jesus came to redeem sinners from the wages of their sin. And although, uh, and, and, and although we, we look back in time and we see this disgusting thing, what we also see is a beautiful, completed mission. And all throughout Jesus' ministry, he, he points to this time and to his mission. In John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist looks upon Jesus 
and exclaims, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And in Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came on a rescue mission, and he didn't just come on the mission, he completed the mission. And all along the way, Jesus knew that he was going to go to the cross, undertake this painful death, simply because he had a mission, and because he loves his people. His mission to save sinners, to cancel or to telesty the debt that we owe because of the due penalty of our sins, because of our disobedience in the sight of a holy and righteous God. And here's the good news. He completed it. He lived a perfect life, and he completed it on the cross, on our behalf. But here's the thing. Jesus wasn't just given this mission Right? He wasn't forced into it. Jesus chose it. Jesus chose this mission. He chose the cross. And this is important. This is an important point. Because Jesus wasn't cowering in fear as he's being led like a lamb to slaughter. He wasn't trying to figure out ways to escape the sentence that was placed upon him. He stood in the face of Pontius Pilate. Not to defend himself, but to give up himself. And again, throughout Jesus' ministry, he makes it clear that not only was he given this mission, but he willingly took this mission. In John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay, my, my, I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have sheep, other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own Accord, I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. And I want you to notice a couple things going on. Number one, the Father has given Jesus this mission. He has given Jesus this to do this, but he also willingly takes it upon Himself, And I want you to notice the language here in John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, to die. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It wasn't taken away. He gave it up. He willingly went to the cross. Why? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. And... This truth of salvation, right? This 
this fundamental truth, which is the reason why we come on Sunday morning to worship our Lord and our Savior, ought to lead us not only to look to eternity and say, whoa, wow, it's so great that I have eternity with Christ. Now, that's wonderful. That's amazing. That's worth worshiping God for. But there's even more. There's even more. You have victory in Christ's death right now. You have victory. When Jesus was hanging on that cross, about to give up his life, Matthew tells us a little bit about the moments before he gave up his life. This is what Matthew says. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Now that's interesting. Because Matthew doesn't tell us what he said. He just tells us how he said it. So Jesus cried out with a loud voice, it is finished. That is a cry of completion. I would argue that it is not a cry of defeat, but rather it's a cry of victory. That Jesus Christ has victory over death. He has victory over sin. He has victory over the grave. And he has won victory on our behalf. In John chapter 16, Jesus says this, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. For the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. When trouble comes, we have victory. When persecution comes, we have victory. When evil creeps its way into our lives, we have victory. When you are in a deep, dark battle with your sin, you have the victory. We have the victory, not because of anything within us, but because Jesus was victorious. And all of this led the Apostle Paul to write to the church of Corinth these words. Death is swallowed up in victory, quoting from the Old Testament. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And then he goes on. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is where he takes that truth, and he's going to build off it. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. This is the truth that we cling to. This is the truth that we do not let go of because Jesus was victorious, therefore we are victorious. And we can be steadfast in our love for our brothers and sisters, for our neighbors, and for God because he was steadfast in his love for us. We can be immovable in our commitment to making Jesus known because Jesus is immovable. 
And we can labor for the glory of God with joy because we already have the victory. In today's fallen world, it's easy to be pulled into the abyss of despair and hopelessness. All you have to do is go on KHOU's homepage. Go on the local news network's homepage and you will see incredible darkness. And even in your own lives, you may see incredible darkness. But you have the victory over that darkness. There are certainly going to be battles in your life, no doubt about it. There are going to be times where you have to fight temptation, times when suffering, pain, and hurt are going to find their way into your life. And though you have battles, Jesus has already won the war. That's why you can fight with vigor. That's why you can fight and not give up, because the war has already been won. Your debt has been paid. And Jesus on the cross says, upon your life, to tell us die. To tell us die. Your debt has been paid in full. Therefore, you have victory. Theologian D.L. Moody, evangelist D.L. Moody, said this, Take your stand on the rock of ages. Let death, let judgment come. The victory is Christ's and yours through him. Live in that truth. Live a life of victory, not because of who you are, but because of who Christ is. And as we worship together again this morning, let us hold fast to that amazing truth that Jesus willingly came on a rescue mission to save sinners and completed it. Therefore, we have victory. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you do have the victory. That the war is won. Jesus, thank you for willingly taking our sin upon yourself, hanging on that tree and paying our debt. Thank you for the victory you've won for us. Help us to live in that victory. In the name of Jesus Christ.